Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, episode 244, Charlotte's number one podcast recorded in the basement. And before we get any further, we got to give a shout out to Brittany Privet, I mean, Brittany McKinney, excuse me, I said the wrong Brittany, because I'm hanging with Duval over here, and she won our Pick'em Top 10, so she's going to get her name on the trophy, get a cool Beards Watch t-shirt, and some other stuff from Wine of the Bridge and Warehouse Distillery, so quick shout out to her for winning that. Thanks for all those who joined in. Had a good time. It was a little nerve-wracking there at the end, Duval and Chris, because there was somebody who I had no idea who they were. They were just a mystery internet person who had taken the top spot. So luckily Gonzaga lost, and Brittany was able to jump all the way to the top. I didn't have to do that awkward because they had hidden their email address. They used a, an alias, so I had no idea who they were. So I was like, well, if they win, I guess I'm just going to have to try to boot them and move it down one. So I appreciate Brittany picking Baylor and somehow pulling that thing out. So... Now she'll have those bragging rights over us. But, as I already said, we got Chris, we got Duvall. We'll get to our guests in a second. Duvall, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I uh, can't complain. Uh, yeah, as far as the – I know you spoke to the bracket earlier. I, like I said, after that first weekend, I pretty much threw mine away. <laughs> and I really didn't watch last night either. So You didn't uh, miss much? But I was more so watching a lot of the women's stuff. But yeah. um, women's was always interesting. But, but yeah, man, I'm good. Uh, if you're looking for me, Rod versus Duvall on Twitter, just Duvall on Instagram. And Duvall, just to make sure you're completing that, you finished 36th overall out of 72 in the bracket. So, there hey, you go. Hey, half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, Chris, it's been a while. Saw you a couple weeks ago for some burial cart basement time. How you been? Good, good. Staying busy. Loving this time of the year. It's still, the sun's still out. Yeah. I used to clean these with the sun out. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, it's nice. I think my girl picked all favorites, and I didn't even get in the top ten. So she's like got that over me, and she didn't put a single thought into it, which sucks for me. But uh, you know, let her have this one. You know? Yeah, she try, was try again next time. Try she again. was in the top ten. I didn't realize who that was until I put the name in the Facebook together. Did it, did who... it even say her name? She might have been that mystery person. No, 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 no. It was her. She put the Jordan Jenkins, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, when I saw I was searching her, she actually put a real name. I was like, oh, wait, I saw Chris tagged by somebody. Yeah, I think she finished top, like, 15. Chris, I think you finished 29th. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Brittany, who won overall, said she picked the night before while she was buzzing and listening to Taylor <laughs> Swift. So, whatever it means, I mean, there is no rhyme or reason to it. So, but Chris, yeah. where can you be found on social medias if you want to be found? On Instagram, at Buscemi's Kid. Okay. That's pretty much the only thing I'm reusing these days. <laughs> what happened to the Pringles? Man, I just finished the can off last night. I'm just not taking photos. I, <laughs> I still respect the Pringles. I just, I've been slacking hard on that page. Um, but I'm about to go to Shenandoah National Park in May. So I'm okay. going to take a lot of Pringles and take some dope photos. Perfect. Looking forward to it. It's been it's been silent, so I'm just waiting for you to bust it back out. But trying all right, for me, it's JRL Nation on Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch Podcast on Facebook, and you can find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, our brewery reviews, our beerio carts, all on our YouTube. They see me rolling. We've got a couple more brewery reviews from Myrtle Beach. We hit up and a ton of beerio carts coming up. I think, Chris, the ones you were on, uh, what were you, second, third, fourth? Duvall had a couple wins, but they're all going to be a good time. So go subscribe. And all that good stuff. But now, to our guest. The last time he was on our podcast, it was in person. Three years ago, episode 53, his sister also, Katie, joined with him that evening as well. 
So now it's just him. Now with the pandemic, as we've been doing for about a year now, doing a lot of Zoom podcasts, because why not? Let's get people who are in California, as Brad is. So it's 3 o'clock over there, 6 o'clock over here on the East Coast here in North Carolina. Brad, man, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me again. So, you know, obviously with the help of social media, we kind of can keep up with one another in that aspect. But yeah. what has been kind of going on? Explain to somebody who maybe had listened to 53 or doesn't follow you on social media or whatever. What you been up to out in L.A. these days? Yeah, man. I think uh, a lot has changed since uh, 53. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I was still at Warner Brothers when I came. I think you're correct. Uh, on last. So I, uh, I worked with Warner Brothers for two years uh, on their marketing campaigns for a TV film and catalog. And then I left. And I've been independent ever since. So I'm okay. uh, producing everything from feature films to TV shows up to music videos to commercials to social content or content in general for brands and studios. So like behind me is this poster for Avengers Endgame. I actually worked on the marketing campaign for Avengers Endgame. Nice. And that was part of the thing I did. So that for me is uh, a good side of my business, the producing element. I have a full film slate right now that I'm working on about seven to ten different films that we're raising funding for uh trying to get those into production uh, at least a few of them into production by the end of the year yeah uh now that things are starting to open back up thankfully um and then the management side i manage creatives influencers athletes artists a wide variety of talent um and then i speak so i've been speaking around the world doing a lot of uh, universities and summits and conferences. I actually just booked one for October. I'll be coming out to North Carolina. Okay, for nice, nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. So, um, but yeah, man, just kind of making the most of, of Hollywood. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's a different project. It's a different collab. It's a different task each and every day. And that's what's exciting about it. You know, I can still tap into the sports side of stuff. I had a call yesterday with, uh, IMG and the EA Sports team doing some stuff with Madden and, and working nice. with some players. So, you know, I I went from strictly being in sports to being all across the board, which is a lot of fun. So, I'm just trying to make the most of the opportunities that are out here. And it's uh it's been three years a long time, but a lot has changed for yeah. sure. So, what was that? What what in your decision to go from Warner Brothers to then go independent? Um, for me, honestly, man, it it was. I wanted to get my hands in a lot of different things. Yeah. And for me, I loved my job at Warner Brothers. I loved what I did at Warner Brothers, but it also showed me what I was capable of doing on a larger scale. So, like, they would give me hundreds of thousands of dollars to manage and then uh, then distribute and negotiate with agencies to, to create our campaigns. So I was managing the digital campaigns that you saw on social media. So if you saw the... Kong Skull Island page post something, I was most likely behind producing that campaign. Yeah. Same with Wonder Woman and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, that was something I never did before. Yeah. So for me, it was a, a big change to kind of have that kind of money in my hands to then negotiate with these different agencies and then create the, the narrative with my team and, and work collectively as a group to get that done. But I was the day-to-day manager and making sure things was getting done. So with the money and the negotiating, I really saw that as a producer, that's what a producer does. Yeah. So for me, it kind of opened up that path to, okay, maybe I can get into film. Because for me, 
I have a creative side and I have the business side. Yeah. So that allows me to be a producer more so as a director, which is strictly creative, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, or acting, which is creative as well. So um, I'm not going to be in front of the camera acting unless they ask me. <laughs> um, that was never the goal. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it challenging yourself and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or situations that you haven't been in before it, it really allows you to kind of acknowledge, wow, I can do this, or wow, I should or could pursue this. And then from there, I mean, I had so many different things going on in my free time that allowed me to kind of branch out and kind of double down on those things. So it allowed me to really kind of take advantage. Instead of just working with Warner Brothers, I ended up going to work with every other studio out there. Yeah. So I'd be working with WB, Disney, Marvel, Sony, Universal, all simultaneously on different projects and titles, which was great um, from the marketing standpoint. And uh, so I would bring in influencers or help with their marketing campaigns and just whatever, add whatever value I could to these these studios and films that I, I love and just kind of be a point of contact for them for whatever they need. You know, they can pick up the phone or email me right away and I'll do whatever I can to help them out. Nice. Duvall, I know you got something cooking over there, so I'm going to let you jump in. Well, I just feel like he just has an interest in my lifestyle. But, um, <laughs> Brad, Brad, you said something that I really appreciate, just the fact that you kind of just tapped into, like, everything and not just make yourself just in one area, just be solid in one area. Can you kind of just describe, like, although you, you, you've got a niche and you've carved out a way to where you're able to tap everywhere, is there one specifically that sticks out that you love a little bit more than the other? Now, granted, of course, I know you love doing what you do and you love everything, but there may be one that you're like, ah, I like the sports side more than anything else, or I might like this more than anything else. Well, you know, it's funny, going back to the, the Hopewell days, I worked at the movies at Birkdale. <laughs> so I was the guy cleaning up popcorn and, and trash on the floor, ripping tickets, doing concessions, that whole night. And that's where I fell in love with movies. Like, truly, I, I got to go see all these free movies. Jacob knows, yeah. like, we were there. and We got to go, literally, whatever movie you wanted to see, as long as tickets were available, we could go and see it. And that's what kind of opened my palette to all the different genres of film, whereas before I worked there, I was strictly, like, action and, you know, certain different, uh, different niches that I didn't really care about. But having that ability to see all these films definitely widened my horizons in that regard. So for me in high school and, and back when we went to school together, it was entertainment and sports. Yeah. So for me, I went to sports first and I was in that industry for almost 10 years working with professional athletes and sports teams and agencies and so on and so forth. But moving out here, it allowed me to bring that experience and those relationships with me and now tap in specifically to entertainment. So I wouldn't say there's a one or the other scenario. I, I have dug the, like you said, the the, the niche the, uh, status for me is is pop culture, sports, and entertainment, and that's that's where I live. So, you know, I came out to LA to work with Robert Downey Jr. and I was with him and his team for about a year. Then went to Warner Brothers for two years, and then I've been independent ever since. So it, it's just about kind of continuing to grow and really double down on the things that make me happy, and and that's where. I mean, I'm a big believer in, in happiness being the, the goal and the priority for everybody. So, you know, if you're doing something, you're not happy doing it, you should probably make some changes. But uh, I think for me, you know, the, the pop culture, the entertainment and the sports element of what I do 
is definitely the thing that I'm most passionate about. Yeah, I know you, you recently just started a new kind of Instagram slash YouTube show. Yeah, what's, yeah. It, what's it called? Uh, Trending. Trending, that's it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I've, I've been tuning in and hitting that up every time it comes Thanks, across man. the feed. So what kind of – and I see you have the hoodie on of, from Soups. And, I, again, yeah, I remember when – yeah, you guys just have been doing some collabs as well. When WandaVision hit, you guys were doing some watch parties, getting fans together all watch at the same time. You know, us out here on the East Coast can't really watch at 3 a.m. It's a tougher <laughs> watch when y'all are watching it at midnight. Facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what kind of – you know, as you, you know, you just kind of seem like a guy that, like you said, you go with the flow, and when the opportunity opens, you strike at it, and then – if you like yep. it, you stick with it, and then maybe if you see something else, you go wherever, you know what I mean? So yep. where did that kind of opportunity come up? And I know you've always liked movies, but how did that open? Now yeah. you've got this new avenue you're kind of diving down. I mean, well, I'd like to say it started, me being in front of camera started with the speaking stuff. Yeah. I spoke at NC State a few years ago. That was my first official like speaking gig. I was the keynote speaker. I spoke in front of a couple hundred people. It was It was a big deal. Yeah. And that was my first time doing that, and I fell in love with it, and I was like, all right, I want to do more. So I started doing more podcasts and stuff like that, in-person kind of shows, and then I spoke in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So that was a big shift from NC State yeah. to a, a entertainment workshop in Sao Paulo yeah. where I had a translator in my ear and then had to like wait for it to get translated from Portuguese, which was just, just a great experience yeah. in general. Um, and then ever since I've been doing, you know, with the pandemic, interactive Zoom, you know, digital based stuff. But the in-person stuff is definitely going to be ramping up here, hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah. But I'm saying all that to say that, like, I realized I was comfortable in front of the camera. I was comfortable speaking in front of large crowds and just doing my thing. And at the end of the day, I really don't memorize speeches. I'm literally telling stories. Yeah. And that's the best thing about it for me is I can start from the beginning and go to where I'm at now. Yeah, and then interactive in a sense that I can sit up there and talk about how awesome I am for you know an hour, but I'd much rather have you guys ask me questions and hopefully I can say or do something that impacts you in a positive way. Yeah, instead of making it about me. Yeah. So that is what I've really enjoyed, and then with that comes you know the comfort of being in front of camera and hopping on an IG live or creating content. And I mean, we all see the money that these influencers and these content creators make. Yeah. I mean, we're talking millions upon millions of dollars. And Jacob, I mean, you, you started this show, I think, <laughs> for a very specific reason. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's fun, but it's also like you acknowledge the, the opportunity that's there. Yeah. So you started it. So, and that's kind of my thing where it's like, I, the talent manager side of me recognizes talent. So I was going through TikTok and I found, soups yeah and i was like this guy's incredible he had i think 800k at, at the time and he's only like 18 19 years old when yeah. i found him and i hit him up i was like yo i want to help get you verified your platform's amazing um, i mess with it because that's what i love yeah so we just started this friendship ever since then i got him verified we started collabing and i'm basically his like his his manager but we're also really close friends yeah but um but yeah and then it was just like okay i'm gonna help you build your brand in a, in a direction that'll bring you more business opportunities and endorsements and things like that. And then it just kind of turned into us working together and doubling down on what make each of us successful. Yeah. So I have the relationships and the experience and the network and th things like that, where he has the, the platform 
He has the 2 million plus followers on TikTok, the 100,000 plus on YouTube. I mean, he has numbers. Yeah. So with that, we kind of work well together because I'm 32 and he's 19. So we hit the, the scale of young fans to old fans and it works for both of us. Yeah. So it, it's a nice kind of dynamic in that regard. But just me speaking personally, I, like you said, I'll see an opportunity and I'll go after it. You know, this show that you're referencing, Trendin', that came about, someone asked me to do it, and I did it, yeah. and we're actually pitching it right now to different outlets to hopefully sell it and yeah. then do it from a sponsored by X, you know? Yeah. So it, it's it's very much a necessity thing, but it's also like acknowledging the, the escape. You're going to see me get more into streaming. I'm going to be streaming, like, you know, Call of Duty and FIFA and the games that I really play just to get more into that space because yeah, from a necessity standpoint, these streamers are making outrageous money. Like I watched soup stream for 20 minutes the other day and he made $600 in donations. Yeah. You know, like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, so if you, if you can, if you can build yourself a fan base and a following, like I have close to, I think 33,000 on IG. So I've been building a lot over, since the last time we met. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with that comes the opportunity to kind of monetize and grow. And, and the more support I get on that end, the bigger and better my platform is going to be. Yeah. So it, it's just finding opportunities to monetize, finding opportunities to grow, marrying the two and just going with it. So, you know, it, it's been a big change of, you know, the, the speaking stuff, the on-camera stuff, and, and just kind of running with it. Because now with Trendin, I never looked at myself as a host, but now... I have the opportunity to host shows, red carpets, things like that. Yeah. And if trending does get picked up, hopefully next time I'm on, we can have a different conversation. <laughs> but, you know, if it gets picked up, which hopefully I'll hear in the next month or so, then I can leverage that with the relationships I have with the studio saying, hi, my platform is now with X and we reach 500 million people. Yeah. I want to sit down with Scarlett Johansson for five minutes to interview her about Black Widow. Yeah. 500 million people, that's that's a decent amount of people. Yeah. And I don't think anybody uh, from a marketing standpoint is going to say no to that. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm hosting, you know, potential red carpets, events, panels at Comic-Con. Like, that's the direction we're going. I'm, I'm speaking at a, a Comic-Con panel next week. I have one in August. You know, so I'm, I'm really diving deeper and deeper into the pop culture space, and trending has allowed me to branch off further, you yeah. know, because I, I never thought of that. And then when the opportunity popped up, I was like, on it, you know. Yeah. Got a green screen, shooting it, and just figuring it out. I mean, yeah. I, you know me. I didn't go to school for this. Yeah. I went to NC State for engineering. That lasted 25 minutes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I then went into sports management, and that's where I got the business and marketing background. And then went into sports. Yeah. But as far as entertainment, I didn't go to USC film school like everybody else. In, but I don't have family in the industry. <laughs> this was very much like a learn on the fly kind of thing. Yeah. So a lot of people just assume, oh, Brad's great uncle, you know, owns Disney or something. No, <laughs> dude, no. You know, it, it, it's not how you know it works. So it's been a, a crazy journey in that regard, just kind of rolling with the punches and trying new things and. I was talking to my mom the other day, just saying, like, looking at the progress just in this year, a lot of elements of my business hit so hard due to the pandemic, but I've also been able to kind of pivot 
and be scrappy in certain areas that I'm better off in so many other areas because of that. Where looking back now, I'm like, I had a call with someone in Manchester, like the other day, we're talking about how he has a firm in South Africa who wants to give between five to $18 million for the films I'm working on. Like stuff I, like, it's hard to comprehend. Yeah. Like the, the, the stuff that's just happening now, my, my network, and I'm, I hate that word, but my relationships and my network are now global, where we're talking UK, France, Spain, Australia, Canada, South America. Like, it's like crazy when you think about it like that. And that's why, like Duval was saying, like expanding and not limiting yourself to just one thing allows you to just kind of branch out like you have with the show and all the other things you're doing. It's the same thing. But it's like I never limited myself in that regard of saying, oh, I'm just this. Yeah. Or there's no way I can't do that. I understand what I'm good at and I understand what I'm bad at. And I double down on what I'm good at and then I collaborate with people who are better than me at the stuff that I'm bad at. And that's how we win. It's a win together mentality. Yeah. You know, and that's how I've been able to do what I've done so far. And when you think about it, I've been out in LA six years now, and one of those years was a global pandemic. Yeah. So you give me a full 10, that's a scary kind <laughs> of vision, and I'm excited about it. Let me unpack some of this. Let me unpack, let me unpack some of this. All right. First of all, dope. <laughs> um, Thank you, bro. I miss California. I lived in San Diego for some years, and beautiful. Miss that sunshine. Um, a lot of Gary V vibes. Do you know who Gary V is? I'm actually friends with Gary. Yes. There you go. I love yeah. Gary. So I listening to you speak, I'm like, this is Gary Vaynerchuk's son, man. Like I love that. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, for sure. Um The Warner Brothers thing, that makes total sense because I feel like a company like that's gonna have a lot of restrictions on what you can do and they're gonna be micromanaging what you can do. So the Beyond belief what you're doing now is probably literally like stress off your chest you know what i mean no idea (laughs) so how does one meet robert downey jr for one is he the biggest star that you've met and who's a dick somebody's (laughs) gotta be a dick (laughs) um robert is tony stark in real life uh he's one of the nicest funniest wittiest sarcastic guys i've ever met he's exactly what you would imagine him to be he's super kind um i've actually got to spend a decent amount of time with him which is just crazy to to say he knows who i am which is kind of ridiculous in itself um so like we'll see each other at events and we'll look at each other and you know do the the subtle head nods and that's (laughs) i mean that's subtle things you appreciate the little things in life but yeah i mean i've i've blessed to spend some time with him and his team and that has allowed me to branch off into marvel and disney and things like that but yeah i mean at the end of the day i'm big on relationships yeah i mean exhibit a i went to high school with you guys most of you guys yeah you know, <laughs> you know and, and no offense um, but yeah i went to high school and here here we are years and years later still talking connecting doing podcasts chatting it up you know we played football at Cedarfield. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, like <laughs> I I can name probably the people on one hand, maybe two that I still communicate with back at Hobwell. Yeah. Because a lot of people like a lot of people want to move on, which is fine. But at the same time, it's like if you have good relationships with people, don't just let that shit go easy. Yeah. You know. And I've been that way where I talk to people that I went to middle school with back in Pittsburgh, 
Like, I, I'm that guy who, who, <laughs> who wrote people letters when I first moved from Pittsburgh to North Carolina. I'm that guy. I'm constantly keeping in touch with my people and, and putting into effort. And it does take a lot of effort. Everyone's like, how do you do this? I'm like, I'm always on the phone. It's either in my hands or I'm on it. And we're constantly keeping in touch. And it's that sending that little message saying hello or checking in like, yo, shout out Sam Darnold on the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like little <laughs> things like that. That, took, that takes me two seconds, you know. Look at, look at Corey, Corey McDonald. That is my, my brother. And I met him in in uh high school yeah been friends for like what 15 almost 15 years yeah which is absurd but that that is like my my family through and through my closest friend in the world nice my three that, my three closest friends right now all lived in cedarfield yeah one in first grade third grade and sixth grade and two of them lived right across the street and i played I that ball in cedarfield so i know exactly what you're about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that those were where relationships were made and, and destroyed very quickly. Um, <laughs> no, but, but when, when you move around, it's tough. Man. Like it is, it's tough because a lot of people, you're out of sight, you're out of mind. That's how this works. Social media helps, like Jacob said. But like if you live in the same neighborhood, if you're still in the same city, if you're with the same company, whatever, you see each other a lot, right? But like I moved 3,000 miles away from everybody I've ever that family friends otherwise like that's tough yeah so i had to work extra hard to maintain these relationships and with that comes more responsibility and more time added to, to actually get it done so that's that's something that i've really put a lot of time and effort into doing because i i care about these people you know i talk to my mom every single day multiple times god bless her i talk to my grandparents every single day it's like the time is finite yep. you know so uh, don't waste it. But you know, it's it's. I'm grateful for, for my relationships, and I'm not going to change in that regard. But I actually talk about this when I speak at universities. Is it's it's not networking. We're not collecting Pokemon cards here. It's actually building genuine relationships with other people. And I think if you understand that and you put the genuine time and effort into these relationships, that's where you can go from Pittsburgh to LA working with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So what? What are the common themes of your keynotes? Brand, you know, generation, yeah. or just production in general? Or yeah, my my demographic is like sixteen to thirty-five. So you have the people who were wrapping up high school, going to college. You have the people who are in college, and you have the people who are fresh out of college. That's that's my demo. That's where I relate most to. I'm not up there saying if you do X Y Z, you'll make five billion dollars. That's not what I'm about. There's too many enough of those people. Out. I'm up there saying if you do X, Y, Z, you're going to put yourself in the best possible situation to be successful and happy. And those are the things that I talk about, from branding to building genuine relationships and how that translates to success in both your personal life and business, to stepping out of your comfort zone, to dealing with failure, uh, confidence, like things like that, where it's like, wow, okay. And most of my, my speaking engagements are hyper-engaging. Uh, where I speak for, if, I, if it's a 60 minute slot, I'll speak for half of it and then I'll leave the other half for Q&A because I want to go like this, back and forth. And I want it, your questions to be answered and I want to provide as much value as I can. Do so, where Do you swear like Gary Vee? Definitely not. <laughs> you haven't sworn once so far, so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Gary's, that's Gary's from, uh, you know, Jersey, so he can get away with that. Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, and that's that's what's crazy is when I spoke at NC State, I had a, a line of of students waiting for me afterwards to meet with me one on one, and the number one thing I got was everyone saying. I reminded them of Gary Vee. And that was the, the best compliment I could get. I mean, that was my first time up on stage in front of hundreds of people. And these students came up to me and was like, yo, Gary Vee, Gary Vee, Gary Vee. And that's what was crazy is like shortly after that, I got connected to Gary and his brother, AJ. We started working together with Vayner Sports, which was his, his sports agency. So that was me identifying an opportunity. It's a funny story. I went to the Steeler game. Shocking, I know. I'm on the field during pregame, and I see a few of my guys run by as they're warming up. I say hello. Marcus Allen runs over in full pads and gives me the biggest hug. And I'm just like, what the hell is my life? You know, like, as a full pass, he just ran over and gave me a big hug, said hello. And I was like, what am I doing? And I thought of Gary. I knew he had a sports agency, and I was like, I'm going to hit up Gary. So I emailed Gary, his brother AJ, a few other people, and said, like, Here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's why I think this collaboration makes sense. There's a lot of synergy here, and this is what I want to add. And I ended up getting a few emails back. I hopped on a call with AJ a few days later, and then that led to me working with them for SB's Weekend a few years ago out here in L.A. to actually help produce their events that they did out here, which was awesome, and got to meet Gary and work with Gary and AJ. And ever since, I've been very close to them. So it's just identifying like I had a list of people I wanted to work with and build relationships with. And one of them is Tom Bilyeu. Uh, I don't know if you know him. He's, he's a complete genius, hardworking guy, good dude. And I met him and now I'm speaking at the same event as him in October. I like that's on my story. Nice. I posted my story the other day, like a, a mock old school ad for quest nutrition is a quest bar yeah yeah, yeah i, I love it. i love the bill use and impact yeah. theory that's a great podcast yeah. yeah and and that's what's crazy is like you know i met him uh officially at the avengers endgame premiere i was on the carpet i looked over i saw him i walked over and met him and jim quick who's another guy i don't know if you're on on his stuff but he's a genius he's the brain expert the guy has has found a way to master uh, memory and, and really upping that your your reading speed everything so if you haven't checked out Jim Quick check him out uh, same with Tom Billyu but um, but yeah and now here we are I, I uh, Tom texted me a few days ago and I was like hey we're actually speaking at the same event in October he's like no shit I'm like <laughs> ah, I know so it, it's just well this is why I love life man it's it's kind of just these things that happen and you're just like this is crazy. This is why we do this, you know, and I'm just super grateful and I'm just trying to keep pushing the needle and, and pushing the boundaries to what people say I, I can and can't do. And I'm not trying to limit myself. Like I said, if somebody comes to me and was like, yo, I want you to be in my film as an actor, that's not on my radar. But if someone makes a good argument for it, I will certainly be open to it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, uh, you kind of spoke to a lot of people that you kind of checked off that you wanted to build relationships with. So what's somebody that you can speak to that maybe we know that you still want to build relationships? Could be an actor, producer. Scooter Braun. Who? Scooter Braun. Okay. 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 He, he's Bieber's manager. Yeah, Bieber, Ariana Grande, Tori Kelly, Dan and Shay, Kanye, Drake. I mean, yeah. The list goes on and on and on. He, he, is, he is the guy in music. So if you're looking at the people that I've connected to, it's no accident. Robert Downey Jr. 
the guy in entertainment, right? Film. Gary Vaynerchuk, the guy in entrepreneurship and business. Scooter would be the guy in music. See what I'm talking about? Like, it, it's not accidental. Like, this is very much a, I'm very strategic about who I spend my time with and who I want to spend my time with and why. Uh, and I want to be around people that light me up. I want to be around people that, that motivate me. And, and I want to add whatever value I can around these people. And that's why I do what I do. And I set out to do It's all about providing value. It's not what I can get from you. It's what I can do for you. So a guy like Scooter Braun, like I manage, I, I produce a lot of the same stuff he does, obviously at a higher level. But like he's been a guy since college that I've been following from the very beginning. We've had similar paths. He dropped out of school. I actually took a year off at state. Um, like we, we have a lot of similarities and uh, I actually would have met him in March of last year, but that's when everything <laughs> yeah. took a pause. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very much, you know, that's still on the radar, but that's the beautiful thing about LA is you're always one degree separation from literally anybody. Like it's, it is, it's hard to describe until you actually see it happen firsthand. But, you know, my mom always used to say, like, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. So now if I'm on the phone with somebody, I was on the phone with someone the other day. And in Los Angeles, it's 65 and older can get the vaccine right now unless you're very connected. Yeah. Right. So I was on the phone with one of my buddies who's actually from Pittsburgh. He's a director. He's an actor. He's done a lot of great things. And I just said, hey, man, do you know any anyone I could get the vaccine from i'm trying to get this done because my grandfather is actually not doing well on the east coast so i'm trying to get vaccinated so i can go see him because you know clock's ticking yeah it's just a great situation uh and he was like yeah let me ask around and i had an appointment two days later but but that that is this that is his business man like it is it is if if you're in with the right people in in the right niche and I'm not asking him about civil engineering. I'm asking him about something that makes sense for him because yeah. he's in production. He does this regularly. So it makes sense to ask this question. And you just get surprised, man, about like, hey, I need money for the films that I'm working on. Cool. Let me make a few calls. Two days later, I get an email. I have 89% of the budget that you're looking for with a firm in South Africa. What? But that's like that's how it works man like i have gotten myself in these situations with uh through clubhouse which is a new app i don't know if you guys are super familiar with that one it's been it's been ramping up like crazy but i'm i'm now in these rooms with high level entrepreneurs all over the world and these guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars so they, they always say your your network creates your net worth guys like that those are the people i'm surrounding myself with you know and that's, I'm learning from the best. They, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. I'm in all the right rooms because I'm certainly not the smartest guy. That's, and that's that's on purpose. Like, I'm zero ego. I want to learn. I want to get better. So I'm going to put myself in these situations where I may look like a fool. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, but these are the guys I'm talking to on a day-to-day basis. I'm learning from on a day-to-day basis. And that's why, like, a guy like Scooter... He's a guy where I would add whatever value I could to what he's got going on. If we could find ways to collaborate, great. But just having him in my life, even as a mentor, a friend, whatever, I'd be happy with that all day. So what do you see yourself? What's the next moves? I know you've touched a little bit on it, but you know, from three years ago, like you said, you've made a lot. 
uh, more strides. But what do yeah. you think? What do you think is going to happen here in the in the coming future? Like you've got so much spider web spread out, and you're always open to you know spray some yeah. more of that web. But where do you think you might you know focus in on? Uh, I think a lot of it's going to be around me. Yeah. Um, where uh, my brand. Um, stuff I'm doing. I'm writing a children's book right now, which is another thing I've never done before. And I always say this, like, look, you're not something until you are, yeah. right? You're not a, a published author until you write a book. Yeah. So guess what? It's imminent. No one's saying, like, I'm not saying I want to be an Oscar winner. Okay, then you're going to have to do a lot of things right to, to be an Oscar winner. But saying I want to be a filmmaker, all you have to do is make a film. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be good. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think we get in our own way a lot of like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not meant for this. And it, it, in some situations, yeah, if you want to jump off a building and fly, probably not the best idea. But if you actually want to, you know, be a professional athlete or whatever, put the time and effort into doing so. And even if that doesn't work, you could still be a, a personal trainer for a professional athlete and still get that or work with the team and be around that environment. So there are a lot of ways uh, that you can still achieve what you want to. It just might not be the exact thing that you had in mind. Yeah. But still get high of working in that environment. So for me, I, I want to continue to build and, and add that legitimacy and the validation to who, who I am. You know, uh, I don't know if you see my social media, but I rebranded myself as Brad R. Lambert. And you can credit the Charlotte football coach for that one and a few other people. Is Brad <laughs> Lambert on SEO is is kind of taken over by the unc charlotte football coach and yeah. a few other people there's actually a finnish hockey player named brad lambert which makes no sense to me <laughs> um so i've rebranded myself as brad r lambert specifically to kind of separate myself from the bunch and also allow you know google to do what it does and and make it easier to to stand out and, and kind of validate what i'm doing um so things like that and, and speaking at more universities and summits and conferences, which I'm already booking a lot of stuff right now, producing. Uh, I would love to get a few of my projects that I've been actively producing uh, into production um, and just get in a group with that. You know, my, my goal would be to be on set of the film I'm producing, go into my trailer, speak at a university remotely via Zoom. And in my free time, write a book and, you know, like do all these things that I'm doing right now, just at a higher, more consistent level. And then in the meantime, jump on to little projects here and there. You know, I, I'm, I'm actively working to get in, into music uh, in the sense of management. So that's something I've been playing with as well, going the kind of the scooter, you know, route as well, kind of looking for talent and seeing who I can help there. But once again, I'm, I'm not trying to limit myself, but I am trying to legitimize who I am from a brand standpoint. And that comes with verification and things like that on social media, which will be coming in the next month or so. Um, but just trying to just keep building. I mean, that that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I, I have a lot of stuff I want to do and, and accomplish. And, you know, I'd love to, to win a, a, a Grammy as a manager. I'd love to win an Oscar as a producer. Like these are things I would love to accomplish and I'm going to give it my all to see what we can do. But, um, at the end of the day, at its core, it's doing the things I'm passionate about. So if it's working in sports, working with professional athletes, I have not ruled out being an agent. Uh, <laughs> so they, they have changed the rules. Whereas in high school, that was, I saw Jerry Maguire and I was like, that's me, man. That is, I am Jerry. Um, 
and that so that's something I, I wouldn't rule out. So, but hey, maybe I'll produce the reboot of Jerry Maguire. There you go. There you go. Working for Gary Vaynerchuk and Vayner Sports wouldn't be a bad gig, you know, if you did good. No, it it would not. But but that's the thing. Before it was like you had to have your master's degree, and I'm certainly not going back to school. <laughs> so like that's not happening. So. But now they've changed it where if you have relevant business experience and X amount of areas and whatnot, you still have to get, you know, your test and license and stuff. But I have good relationships with athletes, man, since, you know, before 2005, 2006, Jacob knows this. So, you know, I was literally talking on behalf of Willie Parker to EA Sports and IMG yesterday, and that's a guy I've known for 15 plus years. So it's like... You know, the, the agent thing is still sits in the back of my mind of uh, as an opportunity because at the end of the day, it's no different from what I'm doing from a management standpoint is I want to help people win and I want to help people succeed both now but also in the future. And, you know, that's something I care about these guys. And, and that's that's why the agent thing is still very prevalent as, a, as an option. We'll see. Okay. At the end of the day, what do you consider a successful day? Uh, I just, I, I want to feel like I got a lot of stuff done and that's not necessarily, uh, from a monetized standpoint or anything like that going into it. Like today I had multiple calls, um, that I feel really good about for multiple different projects and, you know, uh, doing this with you guys. So it, it's, it's moving the needle forward in as many different areas as I can. Right. So this, in a way, is moving the needle forward with our relationship, but also for my brand, you know. And then the calls earlier were with partnerships and collaborations and business development. Um, I had a call for my show Trending, so moving that forward. But that's it. I, I don't want to look at the end of the day and be like, wow, I didn't do anything, you know. And that's I try to win each day, and that's why, you know, at the end of each week, I feel pretty good because it's not about winning the week. It's literally winning each day. So when you lay your head down at night, it's like, okay, I've, I'm happy with what I did. I can control what I did. And, uh, you know, hopefully it, it leads to, to good things. You still haven't told us who's a dick. I know he was – listen, Brad's not going to sell nobody out. He's going to run around yeah, that, that question. That's, that's not that's not my uh, that's not my brand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, so can you can you speak to the the most? I, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is is, is pretty high up there. So is there yeah. anybody comparable to him that you've been able to build a relationship with or meet? And you were just like, wow, like this was this is fucking whoever it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking at the the posters behind me trying to get reference points, but like, you know, I I've got to sit down in a meeting with Joe Russo. Uh, of the Russo brothers, yeah. we, we had a chat, which was amazing. Um, very close to him and his team, and uh, Gary, Tom Billu, Lewis Howes, Jay Shetty. Um, once again, just kind of spreading out and trying to connect with as many of these guys as I can and add value to as many of these guys as I can. Um, AJ AJ Vanderchuk is like so underutilized and so underappreciated that's gary's brother and he's such a good dude he's actually like two years older than us yeah and he who he is so he's genius super successful smart guy hardworking guy um 
but yeah, I mean, I I, I have been a, around Dwayne Johnson, but I haven't met him. Same with Will Smith. Uh, same circles, same events, but haven't you know shook it shook the man's hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the the one most recent one I've been talking about lately is Chadwick Boseman. Um, that one hit extra hard. Uh, I met him in 2016. 2015, 2016 at the Avengers uh, Age of Ultron premiere. Uh, it was right after he got cast as T'Challa and Black Panther. He was there, uh, a lot of promo for him, and uh, quickly grabbed him. And this was right after he did the movie Draft Day, which, you know, in Cleveland Browns fantasy. Uh, <laughs> but great, great movie. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I watch it before every season. But he was in that movie, did a great job, and just got to talk to him for a little bit. He was super down to earth, super nice guy, very humble. And that stuck with me. And I remember seeing him most recently at the Captain Marvel premiere. And I saw him. He was at a table by himself. And I'm like, you know, he looks otherwise occupied. I'm just going to give him his space. I'll, I'll catch him at the next event. Yeah. So it, uh, when you look at it like that, you're like, man, time is precious. And it truly is, like, you know, very finite in that regard. So it's uh, – I, I don't – I don't uh, take that approach very often, but that was one night where I was just like, you know, I'll, I'll see him at Endgame or something like that. You know, I'll see him at the next one, whatever. And, you know, you kind of regret those decisions later on because he was a talent beyond belief on screen, but who he was as a person off screen, what he did for causes and benefits and charity and other people, for him to go to a hospital and visit kids with cancer while he himself was fighting cancer and nobody knew about it. That's the most badass thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, I hope and aspire to to be that person even remotely um, with my career. And, that, and that's what I'm building towards, man. I mean, I, I want to have a big platform so I can do more for others. And that's, you know, up to this point, you know, when I help Willie Parker meet Michael Jordan, where I help Jamie from Hopewell meet David Archuleta, I helped a three-time cancer survivor recently go to the Spider-Man Far From Home premiere. Um, the more... The, the bigger I get in that regard allows me to have more tools to do little things like that for other people that it may, it may seem really stupid or it doesn't matter, but to them, it means everything. And it's all a, a matter of priorities. So, you know, it's, uh, I just want to keep, keep growing, keep building, man. What would be your favorite Marvel movie then that you've worked on? Or even maybe one you've worked on and one that is your favorite of all time. Because I know you were, I know this isn't Marvel, but I know you were a big Dark Knight Rises guy. Oh. Hey, oh Dark, Dark Knight, Knight, no, Dark Knight, excuse me, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Miss Book, <laughs> No, all good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I worked on the marketing campaign for Avengers Endgame. So that is, I mean, I actually got a tattoo on my, my forearm right here. It says, whatever it takes, and it has the Avengers A and takes. And okay. I love that line. It's a great message. Like, whatever it takes, get it done. Whatever it takes, make it happen. And that was the line in the movie. So it's a kind of uh, daily reminder on multiple uh, levels for that. Um, uh, but favorite Marvel movie, that's really tough. I mean, Infinity War is fantastic. Uh, the OG Iron Man is fantastic. Uh, Winter Soldier is arguably the best, um, just from a, a movie sense. But, yeah, I mean, th those would be my top. You know, if I want to have a good time, I turn on Thor Ragnarok. That's yeah. a blast. Uh, Tiger Waititi's a he's a cl total clown. I love him. He's so funny. Um, but you mentioned Dark Knight Rises, and this is this is what I love about this whole thing, right? 
So Dark Knight Rises it was a good movie, not my favorite. That's Dark Knight. But I ended up meeting Chris Hemsworth's stunt double, Bobby Holland Hanton, and I actually manage him now. And he was Christian Bale's stunt double in Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So he actually was Batman. Wow. So that is just such a cool, like, I remember watching that in the theaters at Birkdale, you yeah. know? And now, like, it has a whole new meaning and a whole new appreciation because of the, the different relationships that I've been able to build. Um, you know, Heinz Ward was in that, obviously, and Thomas Hall and Ben and the whole Steeler side of things. But, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm excited for uh, the Disney Plus stuff that's going on. There's so much good stuff coming out. Disney actually sent me this for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Nice. So, like, just trying to, like I said, whatever value I can add to these studios and these brands and things that I'm passionate about that are important to me. Like, this is a Elgato mic. They've been, they hooked up my whole setup, you know, just kind of however I can help them. And I'm just, I'm just out here just trying to get it, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's really it. It's, it's, uh, it's a wild ride, but it's, it's fun. What's, uh, I, I know you, you, I mean, coming from Pittsburgh to North Carolina, all the way to California. What was the biggest, I guess, transition coming from the East Coast to the West Coast? I mean, being a Southern guy, to some degree, you had the Northern feel too, but Southern in high school, yeah, yeah. State too. So, like, what what was that transition like, and kind of how has it been over the past few years? Do you still got that Southern feel sometimes, as far as maybe sometimes wanting a cookout or some type of food? <laughs> how was that? Um, well, look, man, you know, I'm, I'm Pittsburgh through and through um, uh, from that blue collar town, you know, the sports town. So like coming out here, it's not as friendly as, as you'd like it to be. It's, it's not as uh, together as Pittsburgh or Charlotte. I mean, it is very much like Wild Wild West. And a lot of people come out here and leave very quickly because they can't deal with that. It's full of fake people. It's full of nasty people who are just trying to get to where they want to go and they don't care about the repercussions of their actions and um, they don't care if you're in the way they will get you out of the way and they will chop your legs off where you stand to get there and that's just the like the first few years out here that was me like i was mr positivity and mr however i can help and and just being kind and, and uh wanting the best in people and assuming the best in people and i learned very quickly that that's not the case um you know, they'll say one thing to your face and then stab you in the back three seconds later. That's just how it is out here. So as long as you're about your business and you're here for the right reasons and you got thick skin, which I have like vibranium skin at this point, um, you know, I, I'm glad for those struggles and setbacks and failures and, and those horrible experiences I've had because it's turned me into a tougher person. And it's also allowed me to appreciate the good times. And, and the good experiences that I've had with the actual good people who are out here. And they are out here, but you, you have to put a lot of time and effort into kind of weeding through the BS. And that's where you kind of identify who's real and who's not. And you can identify very quickly. Whereas before it took me a while because I, I kept, you know, making excuses for people and, oh, they just had a bad day, you know, whatever. And now it's like, no, like no time for BS, no waiting, no nothing. But that and, and just the different environment, you know, but 3,000 miles away from my family and my friends was a, a tough pill to swallow because I'm a super family guy. I'm a, all my friends, my relationships are so important. And I moved out here and I knew like one person, <laughs> you know, so I was very grateful for that. But that's a big change. 
I didn't know the the location at all. I'd never been here before. I literally packed my shit and moved to LA, you know? And I mean, any of you would have done the same thing for the opportunity. So it's just kind of sucking it up and dealing with it. And that's, that's what I did. And that's what I've done till this day is just continue to adapt and, and learn. That, that's, the, that's the main thing. I'm still very much new to this process and new to the industry. And Hollywood's a crazy beast. And, and I, I'm trying to change the narrative um, by coming at it from a more collaborative approach, a more inclusive approach where, you know, you know the issues in Hollywood on so many different levels, diversity, you know, um, the Me Too movement. I mean, there's so many freaking problems out here. Um, but it, it all stands, stems from like entitlement and ego and just shit that doesn't matter. You know, it's, it shouldn't be that way. So I'm trying to come out here and impact the next wave of Hollywood, the, the next executives, the next talent, the next managers, the next producers, and really show them like there's a different way to do things. I mean, look how I've done it. And if you take the same approach, not only are you going to build a good reputation for yourself, but you're going to have a really good reputation. Uh, relationships in the meantime and that is so important because a lot of people take the i don't give a shit what you have to say approach about me and that's wrong because duval if you think i'm an asshole you're going to tell everyone you know that brad's an asshole (laughs) i don't think i'm an asshole but if you think i'm an asshole i'm an asshole that's just the reality of it and that's how why people you have to you have to care about other people you know and a lot of it is is kind of understanding how conversations are going and and understanding what's coming out of your mouth and how you're delivering things and treating people and if you if you take the time to actually care good things happen and you're not going to please everybody that's just a fact but don't load the gun for someone else to shoot you with it so duval if i disrespect you i've loaded the gun for you to shoot me with it right but if i don't do something intentionally to mess with you or disrespect you or treat you like crap then you have nothing to say. You might not like me because of this shirt, but that's your problem. You know what I mean? That, but a lot of people don't take that approach, and that's why they fail. So it, it's a big, like, being super hypercognizant of everybody around you and the approach you're taking and really doing your best to, to make sure that you're respecting others, treating others with, you know, being kind and just adding value. And, you know, I, I work really hard to, to ensure and put myself in the best possible situation where people don't have bad things to say. And they, they try, they really do. They reach, but I'm not giving them ammo, you know? So they will, they will say what they want to say, but it's not something I'm directly like, you know what, I'm going to stab this person in the back and I'll give a shit what they have to say afterwards. Never that ever. So do you see yourself, see yourself staying in Hollywood and LA for the long term? Is this here till till your last dying breath kind of thing? I mean, I know in that article you talked about possibly going back to Pittsburgh, starting a film studio, all that kind of stuff. So where is that? The the, the goal would be to uh, to be bi coastal. Okay. So I would love. Let me let me piggyback on that question too because that's what I was going to say. You said like the next wave of people in LA, like a lot of the next wave doesn't feel like they need to be in L.A. anymore. Joe Rogan's telling everybody he can to come to Texas, you know? It's like, you know, they film a lot. Atlanta here in the South, so you really need to go to L.A. because you got Atlanta. Uh, And and the the answer to those questions are not necessarily. I mean, 
I'm here because if, if Disney says come tomorrow, I hop in my car and I'm there. <laughs> they're, they're like, no, I'm serious. And, yeah. and same with the, the, the events, Oscars, Grammys, premieres on a daily basis when things are open. Like prior to 2020, I was hitting three to four premieres a week. Yeah. Like legit with all the different studios and all the different events. And yeah, I, I go, it's flashy, eh, whatever. But I go because I love movies and that is the best movie going experience you will ever have in your life. Just period. So to be there with the talent and the crew and the people who put, brought it together and the other celebrities and people who attend these things, it is a perfect uh, opportunity to meet new people, people you would never run into otherwise. And I built some really impressive and, and just amazing relationships that I'm grateful for at those events. So like, yeah, if I'm in Atlanta, yeah, it's cheaper, 100%. And I could still do some things at Pinewood Studios in Atlanta where Marvel shoots all their stuff. But I'm missing out on everything else that LA has to offer, not to mention the weather. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love it. So, back, so that's what you're thinking is you're here for a long, we're putting down roots. LA is the spot, but like you said, and by, I, I, by coastal. By yeah, coastal, I, yeah. I, I wanna, I wanna zip home for the home games. Yeah, I wanna still be very active in the city. I wanna have my footprint in the city as far as bringing more film and TV productions to the city. Uh, my goal is hopefully there's a bunch of films that I'm producing that I bring back to the city because it's such a diverse town from a location standpoint that like you could shoot multiple genres of films there because of all the different locations that are 15 minutes in either direction. And that's what's great about it. So I really want to try to to make an impact of, of the, the film industry there and and obviously still be connected to the sports uh, element of the, the Penguins and the Steelers. And I, I think we have a baseball team still. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that that's one thing for me is, um, you know, I had a call with Dan Rooney Jr. the other day, just kind of keeping my relationships going. And at the end of the day, it's always, hey, if you need anything, let me know. If I can help in any way, let me know. And that's how I, I handle every conversation that I have. You know, I'm excited for the draft because I'll reach out to the new guys. And I do this every year. You know, this past year, Eric Ebron was signed as a free agent. He was new to the team. I hit him up. I was like, yo, if you need anything, let me know. And he was like, I need a house. And I was like, yo, I'm not a realtor, but let me make some calls. And I ended up helping him get his house. But that's like, once again, being a point of contact for value and like, whatever you guys need. Like, I, I've been around the team since 05. I'm here for you guys. I want to make your life easier, whether it's business, personal. You want someone you can trust in your corner? Me. So that that's kind of how I've cemented myself in with, you know, this past year was Alex Highsmith and Chase Claypool and guys like that. And now this year, I'll do the same thing with the rookie class and reach out to those guys and just be like, hey, I'm here for you. You know, here's my number. Hit me up. I'll, I'll link up with you out here in L.A. if you're training or I'll go and you know meet you back in Pitt during one of the games. But I was talking to Joe Hayden last week. He's out here in L.A. So a lot of guys come out here, which is nice. So that's, it. that's the other thing you don't get in Atlanta, my guy. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's it, it's. I mean, I'm in Charlotte, so. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you know, LA is a, a destination. Plus, it's only like five, six hours from Hawaii, which is my other favorite place. So that's that's a place true where you, you ask what's next. Like, I want to be by coastal between here and Pittsburgh, but I also want to be going to Hawaii a lot. And that that's I don't know if you guys been, but it's 
the most beautiful, peaceful place. So I actually want to shoot a movie there. That's that's one of my goals, uh, a rom-com in Hawaii. Okay. I know Jurassic Park's done it out there, so they've got all their little yeah. stuff. So Jurassic Park, Jumanji, Mikey yep. Bay, Lost. Yep. Like, it's it's very – I went to Koaloa Ranch, which was where they shot Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and Jumanji. And you got to go and see the film sets, which was super cool. And it's just a beautiful spot, man. Yep. So it's, that's, that's on the list. So between Hawaii, L.A., and Pitt, that, that's a trinity for me. Well, you need to hop on the phone with David Tepper and tell him his uh, plan of being patient is starting to be false narratives because <laughs> he, Mr. Oh, let me sign Matt Rudolph's seven-year deal, has now signed two separate quarterbacks in trades or after getting rid of the franchise, he's now signed Bridgewater, now traded for Sam Darnold. So this whole uh, being patient thing doesn't seem to be working for the man who, yes, he's the richest owner in the NFL, but... I'm starting to wonder if he really is patient or he just got used to writing so many big checks where it would it would magically work. And the NFL, we all know, it takes time and sometimes a little bit of luck. And right now, luck is not on our side. So, Yeah, I uh, actually texted Corey when I saw it, and I was like, I'm surprised you guys moved on from Teddy so quick. Like, that was quick. Um, so you, I'm excited to see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, look, we got one more year of Ben. And then we're in a precarious situation. So well, you're telling I'm me, excited. You're telling me you don't believe in Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah. Who? Uh, no, I'm excited to see what they do in the draft. Yeah. If, if, it, if it's up to me, like, there's a few quarterbacks they could drop to us, but Najee Harris. Good ball, yo. Yeah, yeah. If he's there, they might take him, but uh, we need a running back, man. We need, uh, if Najee Harris is there, I guarantee you the Steelers pick Najee Harris. Okay. Yeah. And, and and to kind of piggyback, and I know we'll go deep dive and draft in the end of the month. But my thing is, is what if like what if he just makes the same? We're in the same scenario next off season, and he's get ready to cut a third quarterback three years straight, or let a quarterback go three years straight. So then it's like okay, so and I'm like no quarterback is safe if you want to look at it that way. No, hundred percent. I mean that, that then you're looking at like panic mode. And it's yeah. the opposite of patience. So yes. I, I think, you, you know, you got to look at that. You got to give these guys a chance to, like, gel with the team. And that's why I was like, why would you give up on Teddy after what you did uh, initially? And now you're bringing in Sam Darnold. I I, I don't know, man. It, you got to be patient with it. And uh, how long was Teddy there? A year? One year. One yeah, year. like, come on. Yeah, in a pandemic. Yeah, that's not patience. And, yeah, and, and first of all, like, yeah, in, in a pandemic where the schedule and the, the routine was so brutal on the guys, like, fans don't really get it. You know, like, what what the guys had to go through on a daily basis is just a lot. And, uh, you know, the, the stakes were high, obviously, and they still got through it. So, you know, I, I'm i curious to see what happens, but I, I'm still on the train of, you know, never should let Cam go. That yeah. Was, now, was, we've been on that, and uh, we don't, I don't want to get too much down that because we beat yeah, that yeah. dead horse – Episodes and episodes halfway through, we've all, you know, we all, we've all said should let him his contract run out, or whatever. But now you see the spinning of the tires from after nine to ten years of having a stable franchise quarterback. But yes, I'm with you, Duvall. It's going to be real interesting to see how if Darno plays out, if Teddy stays, do they do they battle it out? Do they trade Teddy? Do they, you know, do you cut him? It's it's a lot of different stuff that can happen between now and in August, September, but. Yep. You know, I think. And hell, I'm gonna throw a conspiracy out there, and it's early, but shit. What if a quarterback falls to us at eight? Do you 
fucking pull the trigger? That's, or do you, yeah, that's the wild. I know, but to me, they, I know, I'm just to me by them making this trade, they don't think a quarterback is slipping all the way to eight. And for what I'm seeing is, it sounds like the Falcons have opened up the doors for trading back. Where I think they want to make one more run at the Matt Ryan Julio Jones era before blowing that whole team up. So they can auction that fourth pick off like the number one overall pick almost because everyone knows who's going one, two, three in essence. And if you want that fourth quarterback, you got to go to number four to get it or number five. So um, I think they'll be gone. I don't think they're going to sit there. We're going to see it seems like the young quarterbacks, everyone's diving in on those and, and banking their teams on it, even though a 40-million-year-old quarterback just won the Super Bowl. But, again, <laughs> it's just, you know, you never it, – it's the way they build these NFL teams, you think you get it one way with a Patrick Mahomes, build a young quarterback, then an old guy wins it again. So who knows? And, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that. More yeah, in the next yeah, couple, yeah. next couple weeks, couple you know, once the, our pre draft preview and then our post draft. But yeah, no, I mean it's it's if you can make the bilingual happen, Brad, that'd be a wild little back and forth for all three. Or I guess try 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 travel if you're going to Hawaii, L.A., you know, Pittsburgh. So it, it, it's all about having the multiple streams of revenue. Yeah, if, if you can make money when you're not actually doing something that's where you want to be. So yeah. that that's where like me being a manager, I see it firsthand with all the talent that I work with where I can watch soups make $600 in an hour. Like, yeah, it's, and then the, the YouTube ad revenue and then the TikTok ad revenue. Yeah. See, Snapchat Brad, we're getting there. See, we at our, what people really love us for is our, is our Panther reaction videos. And those have been <laughs> those, I mean, our Super Bowl ones, if it be Panthers, we're at 750 subscribers now on YouTube. Once we hit a thousand, we can start making some small change there. But yeah. you know, then Duvall's going to ask for a pay raise. Then I'm going to have my kid asking for a pay raise. Cause they coming over and sitting in the, in the, you know, I'm giving it to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, look, look, look. Here's, here's the good thing about you guys is it is if you double down on you know the hornets and the panthers and stuff like that you guys can be the guys who are getting the love from those franchises yeah right and that's that's what what the teams are looking for they're looking for people who can come in and 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 add whatever value they can from a marketing standpoint so if you guys are there at training camp or you're on the field during pregame or whatever if you can build a nice little fan base for yourself that's all rah-rah panthers and hornets and whatever See, i think that's that's our only negative is we're not always rah-rah we are very yeah. critical when just the time comes yeah. <laughs> when the yeah. time just comes and the middle linebacker who used to wear number 52 is no longer wearing 52 and he can't cover anybody he's the worst linebacker ever in the history of nfl <laughs> We will call it out. So that's I, I, I am with you on that, Brad, and I know you yeah, are yeah. very positive. But uh, I do like – it's interesting as you're talking about talent and seeing what hits and you do stuff for fun and, and all that stuff. Like we do our beer cards. But it has been wild to see our YouTube and the people interact between it's been, you know, our, our watch videos for Panthers, watch videos Super Bowl, and then Game of Thrones. We, we did that for the final season. We did a watch video for Game of Thrones, and that hit – I remember the first time a video went viral with 250,000. I remember waking up going – Wait, this says this doesn't say six thousand. This says sixty thousand views in like yeah. literally like six hours, and just yeah. like my the, the notifications went crazy, and it was just kind of like holy moly. So you know, are you guys on TikTok? We are not on TikTok. I, my my wife always sits there and watches it, but I haven't Damn. I haven't dove into as, as you mentioned earlier. You're thirty two. I'm thirty one. 
I haven't been able to, to dive full cannonball into the TikTok Yo, just yet. Take the content that you're posting on Twitter and YouTube and whatever and just put it on TikTok. Okay. I literally, no bullshit. It's all organic there. Yeah. You could have zero followers and have a video that hits half a million views. Okay. Like, that's how it works. Yeah. So, all like, right. if, if anything, like, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, that's sure. the beautiful thing about it. And, like, what I'm seeing with these creators on there who are just making stupid money just posting stuff, like, just use it because yeah. I, I had a video that I did where I reviewed uh, the season finale of Mandalorian. Yeah. And I could talk about it for 30, 20, 30 seconds. I woke up and I had 400,000. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, okay. And I don't have 400,000 followers. Yeah. So that just tells you, like at the time, I think I had 2,000. Yeah. So I had 400,000. So like you can have one that pops off 10, 15, 20, 30, 60, whatever, but that's that's the opportunity there. If yeah. you can have an engaging video in that in that time frame, which it's like 30 to 60, yeah. you know, however you can cut it up, make an engaging clip, I would just post post it's like the lottery. The more you post there, the higher chance you have yep. winning, bro. And that's what we're hitting. We're trying to hit that with the YouTube and it's but it is also a grind in essence of I think a lot of people think it's an instant hey, I, I look on to my, you know, soups or whatever. He grinded for a while to build that brand. Oh, yeah. Before, oh, yeah. like you said, but somebody who is a 15-year-old goes and goes, look at this 19-year-old out here killing it. Yeah, but he's been grinding for so long. It's There are some instant success stories because that's yeah. just life in general. But it is, yeah. it, it is in essence when you do look at some of these YouTubers and you go, okay, they really didn't hit till four, five, six years in it and figured out what their niche of content was. So that's been the fun part of it. We look at it as some fun. If it does end up making us some dough, hey, for us being crazy Panther fans, calling it out, we do plan on if the Hornets get a playoff run going, doing those for the Hornets. But again, it also helps when they win. Everybody loves winners. And we noticed, I'd always notice that when I do the videos. When it's against the reigning Super Bowl champs or when it's against a team that's winning, the views are up. Because, again, when you're happy, you're watching. When you're sad, you don't want to watch anything because your team stinks. You don't care about how it is. That was me after we went 11-0. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then then it just... The wheels fell off. The wheels fell off. Yeah. Devastating. Absolutely devastating. All right, so let's get to it because I know we could sit here and, and probably do a four-hour podcast if we wanted to, but everybody's yes. got other stuff going on. So, Brad, you've been here before. We've got the uh, notebook, so the Warehouse of Sterling, yeah, Wine yeah. Under the Bridge, Escape yeah, on Notebook. He's going to pick a question. Before you ask, we'll just do a quick little housekeeping. We mentioned earlier, shouts to Brittany for winning our tourney pick on top ten, or top the, winning the whole thing. So here's our top ten. Brittany with 124. She won it all. Still... Looks like Donna, 117. That's the person I had no idea who they were. They were just a hidden internet imaginary person. Taylor Hurley at third, Stevie at fourth, myself finishing in fifth. Our all favorites bracket finished in sixth. Crash was seventh. Kyle Wigley, eighth. Alex Sharon, ninth. And Jeeves. Oh, dirty Jeeves finishing in tenth. What I mean, <laughs> not Jeeves. Not Je- I mean, he did he did win it a couple years ago, so I gotta give Jeeves his problem on that. Duval, I said earlier, you finished 36, and then Chris, you were 29th. So I do, yeah. And Survivor's starting to film back up, so we'll have that fantasy game going on as well here shortly. We do, yeah. We, we like, hey, Brad, you got your, you got your spider webs. We got our spider webs out here. So, be going, be going. (laughs) So, all right, you got your question. Yeah, honestly, this is uh, not seasonal. But what would you consider your best Halloween costume? Ooh. You know what's funny? I feel like this one gets like. 
added every year or two? Because I think I know Duvall. Because I think this question's been asked every time Duvall's well, been on. I, I'll tell you mine. I was, I was, I loved it too. I was black Bruce Lee. Yeah. I, I, I loved Bruce Lee, man. Still love Bruce Lee. Uh, and I have, matter of fact, I have on a Bruce Lee shirt, which you can't see. Okay. I have on a Bruce Lee shirt. And uh, I got the pants. I had like a white button up shirt. And then I had like these little black, called them Debo slippers. And I don't even <laughs> wear white socks. I had to go buy a pack of white socks. I don't yeah. even wear white socks. All white <laughs> socks. Black Bruce Lee when I was in college. Yeah. So I, I would do it again if I could. <laughs> Chris, I you know my favorites were always the karate guy because I was in karate a lot when I was a kid, so <laughs> I could just put on the gi and whatever belt I had, and I got to walk around like I was actually that thing because I was, you know, nobody knew. They were just like, oh, it's a little karate dude person, like. <laughs> but those were always my favorite. That or like ninja, if I wanted to be like. You know, fantasy with the karate aspect. I would just go ninja. That was always a good. One. All right, Brad. Which well, do you want me to answer and then you go, or how do you want it? I, I'm down for whatever. My All boss. right, I'll do mine. I've said it multiple episodes before because I feel like this one. Someone just, as I said, adds it every now and then. I think it was in college, and I finally, instead of just throwing on the Panther jersey and the eye black and going to the party or whatever, I did a. Uh, I was the alien from Toy Story, so got the big old oh. foam head with the T-shirt. And kept the regular, nice. you know, threw a pair of blue sweatpants on and walked around. And then I remember running into almost all of the Toy Story pack and taking pictures throughout the <laughs> night. Like, you'd run into a Buzz Lightyear at one party, then you'd yeah. find a Woody and then a Jesse and all that stuff. So, that was probably my most memorable, my, you know, in the past 15 years Halloween. The, the kids' ones are starting to fade off a little bit, so. That's what's up. I'm actually going to go the, the kid route. Okay. I, I had to be, like, between 7 or 10. I don't remember what age, but... Mom hooked it up. I was Spider-Man. I had the full outfit on, but she actually hooked it up with silly string. Okay. So I, I had the full silly string. So I remember going to uh, a haunted house and this guy scared me or whatever. And actually he got it, bro. He, he got it. <laughs> uh, so it was, that was a, a clever, you know, for, for the times, yes. it, was, it was pretty clever. So I, I, I remember that. Nice. Nice. Now, Jacob, I think the one that you're remembering is, or thinking about is the one when I went, as a football player. Yes, because that's usually yeah. your, always your answer was that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I always – and I did as a kid. I did every year. I played football. So, in Italy, my mom was like, well, you're just going to wear your football shit. <laughs> it, was, it was it was green and green and yellow, which before, like, like my second team, if I ever had a second team outside the Panthers, it would be the Packers because I played for the Northside Packers here in Charlotte for so many years. That was my second team. But – and I played quarterback for a little bit, so I thought I was Brett Favre out there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I figured that was what Jacobs would have thought of. But, like, I just thought, like, college. I remember the black Bruce Lee, and that was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right, before we head out, anybody, Duvall, Chris, last final questions, thoughts Brad for Brad? Well, oh, man, this is – go ahead, go ahead, Chris, my bad. No, I, I couldn't. What's the name of that show that you said you're doing on IG? Trending or trending? What, what? Trending. So trending without the G. Okay. Okay. All right. And on IG, I'm Brad R. Lambert. See, so find me in there. And then Duval, what were you saying? 
No, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to say just thanks, man. It's just it's just been great to hear and good to see you, man. It's you been as well, man. It's 10 years, you man. You know, I'm glad that you're doing yeah, well and uh, just you keep doing too, what you're doing and keep making it. Yeah. Appreciate you. You guys, too. You guys take care of yourselves over there and we'll have to link up when I get back. Yeah, man. You said what, October? Yeah, right now it's uh, uh, towards the end of October. I'll be in, in Raleigh, and I'll definitely come back to our area because my, my dad's still there. So It's funny. If you know the date, it's funny you say that. I just got to save the date for a friend of mine getting married in uh, Fuquay, Verena at the uh, end of October, which is right outside okay. of the Raleigh area. So who knows? Yeah. We might be in the same vicinity at the same time or all Let's that. Let's go. Yeah, I, I believe it's the 21st uh, through the 23rd or something like that. Okay, so. okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. So, yeah, yeah. man. Well, yeah, Brad, is, I appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, I know you – it seems like you don't have any downtime because you're always spiderwebbing out there with different avenues, different oh, things. You know, we'll, we'll end it on that. If you do have downtime and you're like, okay, I want to relax, what is it that you do? Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny. I, I'll probably either hop on the sticks and, and play – you know, Warzone, people with the boys, whatever, whatever. But that's not really chilling because you get pretty heated in those <laughs> matches. I'm sure with your uh, burial cart, you can attest to that. Oh yes. Um, but yeah, uh, or I, I'm at the movies, man. Like uh, it, I love the movies. I still go all the time. I cannot wait to get back to the theaters. Um, so I'll do that. I'll work out and just kind of. Uh, it, it's hard to turn it off, to be honest. Like I, I'm constantly, you know. Somebody would say this is downtime, but I I still look at it as moving the needle forward in so many different you know areas. So I, I want to make the most of the time. So it's it's uh, you know my my grandma was yelling at me the other day. You gotta relax. You gotta take time off. <laughs> da, da, da. I'm like, I'll stop when I'm dead. Gee, thanks. Now, Brad, <laughs> you, you brought up video games. Do you recall the matchup we had in high school on PlayStation Live? Where I had the comeback of the century against you. I think you were up twenty-one to three at the nice. half. You were the Steelers. I was the Panthers. Jake Delhomme somehow escaped with a quarterback dive for like a fifty-yard run, and I think I hit it—a game-winning field goal, like a fifty-five-yard or two—to send it no. as the victory. I don't know if you remember that, but it was. I remember we played every no. now and then. No, I, I don't. I remember our Cedarfield matchups. Okay. I was actually thinking uh, of of our epic matchups. Uh, yesterday and today leading up to this call. Yeah. So we've had some good ones for sure. Yeah, I, they, But that, that's what's been cool with, with the, the Madden and EA stuff is like you and I always like Madden was the thing. Yeah. So like for me to, to now work with EA and I'm actually part of their, their Game Changers program, which I'll show you here real quick. They, they sent me a little little swag, but I'm actually part of their Game Changers program, which is really cool. So they'll, they'll send me like uh, early versions of the game to test out and get feedback and dev stuff. So it's just cool to once again, like it's all passion stuff that yeah. it, it's not, it's not like, you know, crazy. It's, I'm just trying to add value around the things I love and that's what, what has led to this. So that's funny. You bring up Madden, man. I, uh, I'm literally trying to get Willie in mutt for Madden 22. Yeah. So that's what I was about. So that, well, I, that I know Madden needs all the help it can get because it has been getting destroyed, <laughs> destroyed yeah. these last couple of years. And I want to add to that: Can you kind of put in a call to speed up this NCAA shit? Man, I'll just say this: I knew about it long before they announced it. 
So that was <laughs> that was a that was the secret I had to hold on to tight. Uh, but they those guys are at it, man. They're they're trying to get that right. They're trying to get Madden going. So I'm excited to see now with the next gen systems fully yes. launched, 22 for Madden, and when NCAA comes out. I really think it'll be a, a, a nice upward trajectory in, in that regard for those games because it's always a weird period when you have to release a game for you know the old gen and then the new gen. It just overcomplicates things. So uh, I'm excited for FIFA too. FIFA's another one where I, I, I think the game's in a really, I mean, FIFA's always strong, let's be real. So um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. Madden. We'll, have to, we'll have to hop on the sticks. Jacob. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have to put something make, together. Make sure you add me because Jacob yeah, don't want to yeah. play me in Madden. And, uh, <laughs> you don't want none of this smoke because I didn't gave him the, two the many the last, the last time Duvall and I played Madden, Duvall was so mad he had to put his controller down and just leave. And it was only like <laughs> 10 at night. And we was over there cooling. I was like, Duvall, where you going? He's like, I got other things what? to do. I'm going to let Jacob have it. He's, he's, he just coming back from the beach, so he's still low. He, he got too much seat. Oh, yeah. so, oh, he ain't really thinking about the fact that I got him on video when he was crying mad because I was whooping Ooh, his ass. And, and wow, it's, it's okay. It's, so, it's also it's also funny because I have Duval on video plenty of times in Burial Cart where he's saying this don't count, this don't count because <laughs> because we was we all had six seven shots. It was after okay, the Super okay. Bowl. The Chiefs lost by fifty. This don't count. So we get we listen, got. Listen. Hey, one hand washes the other. That's right. <laughs> so, got to wash what's on the camera. That, yeah. That's the Mike's are always hot. When I was living in Pittsburgh before I moved out to L.A., I, I was in with uh, that rookie class, which was like you had the year before, which was like Le'Veon Bell, and then you had the Ryan Cheezer and Stephon Tua class. So I've been close to those guys. So I was in Pittsburgh, and I was going back and forth with Le'Veon through – my guy Terrence Garvin, who was in the locker room, and he came back one night and was like, yo, Le'Veon was talking mad shit on you in the locker room today. And at first I was like, I'm being discussed in the locker room. What is happening? This is insane. <laughs> and and uh, he was like, yeah, he says you're trash and you know you want to play him, whatever. I was like, give him my number right now, and, and you tell him to hit me up. So I ended up texting him because he didn't text me. And I ended up driving over to his house with my boy Chad, and he had set up like two chairs in front of his big screen, and he had like six of his boys over us. So it was literally like we had a crowd watching us. And <laughs> the most stressful freaking game of my life because he went up 2-0. And I was like, oh, man, all the shit talking I was doing, this is not happening. Then I scored 2-1. to one, And then I scored again. It was tied. And then he scored in like the 88th minute. And I was like, oh, man. And then he tackled me outside of the box in uh, extra time. And I buried the free kick with Messi. And when I tell you that freaking house erupted like we were watching the Super Bowl, it was insane. So we went to PKs and I ended up beating him. We played two more games. I whooped him both times. He threw down his controller like you did, Duval. He's like, I'm done. And he hasn't played FIFA since. (laughs) (laughs) Well, luckily, Duval still picks up the sticks. He gets that liquid courage going. Credit to you. Credit to you. But, Duval, you were speaking on the beach, uh, and Brad was talking about. You know, playing the Cedarfield days, and there was some young boys out there playing sand on the beach. And I turned to Jerry and I said, "If I try to run full speed right now, I pop every hamstring that I have." Because they was out there, like I know, I know that young feel when you're out there, just feeling, you know, seven, sixteen to eighteen, and you can just run on the beach all day, play ultimate frisbee, throw football, you know, do some one on ones. You don't feel like your knees or nothing's gonna pop. 
You don't even feel yeah. the shells on your feet. And I said, if I try to do that right now, it would be over. So I, I tear my ACL walking my dog. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it can happen. But yeah, Brad. I, again, I appreciate you stopping by, man. We'll always we'll have to Thanks make sure it's not us. three years. You know, like yeah. I said. I've said it before on the podcast, the, the one positive out of this pandemic has kind of opened up our podcast to have other people that couldn't necessarily join here in the basement yeah. via Charlotte. Now you can join virtually, and it's been great to get people, like you said, out in L.A., doing different things, being all over the East Coast, West Coast, and all that. So uh, it's been fun. It's been great. Good to hear you catching up. You know, maybe maybe you'll, maybe you'll send us some swag one day, and we can throw it up hey. on or something. So hey, who knows? That, that's coming. That's okay. coming. But good time, good time. you did. You said it again. I'll give you more. So, where can people find you on the socials if you want to be found? Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram at Brad R. Lambert. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Brad R. Lambert underscore. Someone took me. And then, uh, but yeah, Brad R. Lambert pretty much everywhere for okay. the most part. So Twitter. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. We'll send it out. And uh, Chris, since it's been a while since you've been on, how do we uh, end the podcast? Peace.